Welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Boreal Demi, and as usual, I'm joined by Manny and Justin. Um, Justin, I'm going to start with you, obviously. Uh, there was a very big game, the North London Derby, um, happened last weekend. Um, and I would like, I mean, first of all, there's so many, there's so many things to unpack in this game. Uh, but I'd like to start with your your views and, and what you think this victory means to Arsenal going forward uh, before we start to unravel uh, right from the beginning, even before the, the kickoff, before we start to unravel the whole thing that happened. Um, so, Justin, I'll give you the floor to uh, to do your little uh, bragging you, that you want to do. <laughs> uh, thank, you, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm just going to say that I think it's a great sign for the Arsenal it's a great sign for Mikel Arteta. It's a great sign for the young players. Uh, it's a lot of positives to bring from the game and a couple of negatives as well. But uh, I'm not going to like actually take the opportunity as much as I would love to to stand in the limelight and like toot my horn, toot the horn of Arsenal, and just say that you know we're we're world beaters now. We're gonna um, you know, take the lead by storm, and this is like a great sign, and everything's turning around. Because at the end of the day, um, it's Spurs, so you know, it's great. It's great to win the rivalry game, but they have their own problems going on. So I'm just going to take the positives, meaning the the biggest takeaways being what it means for Arsenal as we build for the future. Because as everybody knows, we're still like mid table side right now, so we need to improve on that before the end of the season. And this is just another stepping stone on our way to climb up the table. Yep, fair point. Um, the reason why I'm actually asking that question, I'm not asking to to be funny. I'm actually asking uh, because uh, everyone keeps saying, um, you know, North London is red. So um, not even London. Like that's how small Arsenal is. They they like they're pushing to North London. Uh, no offense uh, there, but I do want to say. No, no, no. You're right. You're right because we all know London is blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna bring up there are so many things in London, but um, I was gonna say London is like claret and like light blue. It's what is it? It's a, yeah, I'm talking about West Ham. <laughs> no, not this weekend. Not this past weekend. They didn't show that, but uh, yeah, it's a weird season. Yeah. But no, it, it, it's it's. I, well, maybe it was just me and people I follow on Twitter, but it just felt like. There was a lot of noise. And then I'm looking at the table like, okay, Arsenal is 10th right now. And the, the the team above them has a game in hand. So I'm just like wondering like, uh, oh, actually, I guess technically two games in hand because actually Arsenal does have a game in hand. But I'm just like, this is not something to really celebrate. You, you've won. Get it out there. I mean, I understand it's a derby, so maybe that's why it gives it a different feeling. But then I look at like how... You all won. I'm not saying, and we'll talk about this because I do want to talk about the penalty, which I have a very strong feeling about. Um, I, you probably can guess where I'm leaning towards. No, but before before we even start all that, I want to talk about the big decision that Arteta had to make before the game even started. Um, so obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I've heard rumors that maybe he's, you know, uh, Obama and goes late to work or, or goes late to meetings or something. I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's just what the media is saying. I want to get your take, um, Manny. I want to, I want you to, to tell me, 
you're a coach, right? So you're going to be a coach. You're a coach of this big team. And arguably your best player, and maybe not this season, maybe not recently, but arguably your best player that could definitely change a big game like a derby. Are you, are you putting that player on the bench for coming late to, to work? Or if that's the reason? Yeah, yeah, um, I am. And not only just coming late, but you have to remember that Obama Yang just got a cashed out essentially he just got with that new contract that arsenal i think he might be correct me if i'm wrong uh just now that ozil's gone he might be arsenal's highest earner at the moment right Right. and for you to kind of i i i don't know if it's just from a outset perspective but i feel like ever since he got paid that that's it. He hasn't lived up to the expectations. He has been nowhere near uh, the form that he hit or he was in last year um, after Project Restart. Um, and I'm wondering if it's just uh, complacency on his part. You know, he got what he wanted. He got a new contract. He's the highest earner. And perhaps, you know, just the ego, because one of the things that I have read as well, as far as, uh, in the past is um, he does tend to have an ego, even going back from like his early days with uh, in, in, in the Bundesliga. So I don't know if that's carried over. Um, we don't know the ins and outs of what happened. I think last I read, it was just he showed up late to the game, I think, to, to, to the game is what it was um, that I read. Um, but regardless, you know, whether it's a training session or, or um, a meeting or, you know, and, Anything professional at the end of the day, right? And he was actually captain uh, for quite some time as well. So I think you have to lead by example. And Arteta, um, I applaud him for for doing that. Um, I have this notion that um, no player is bigger than the club, and you know I think it's set precedent. And I um, as as much as Bori, I know you you're gonna say later about how Arsenal won this game. Um, the fact that they didn't need Obama Yang to win it says a lot, you know, and, you know, um, could be giving Arteta kind of a different idea of how to set up his team going forward. Um, maybe they're not as dependent as on Obama Yang as um, we all think they are. So that's my perspective from from an outsider's point of view. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Uh, um, the, the first thing I want, I want to say to you, um, first of all, Spurs played really bad. So. So I understand that they've won this game, but they've played really bad. So this could be a case of uh, maybe they got lucky, so to say. But obviously they worked out. They played better. So I, I'm not going to discount them. The other thing I would say is, uh, and Justin, to you, actually, I really want to hear your thoughts here. What happens if the scoreline was reversed? So Spurs 2, Arsenal 1. Would you blame Arteta for making this very big decision? I understand that Aubameyang was late and is you know is, you know whatever maybe we can think of other ways to discipline him than to put him on the bench because if you really want to make a statement you kick him out of the team you not kick him out of the team like like uh, um you know forever or whatever but like maybe t- send him home and say hey if you're not playing but the fact that he was on the bench to me still says that Arteta was keeping him there just in case they needed to score Right. So from your point of view, Justin, I want to understand if this scoreline was the other way, would you still be happy or would you 
be in favor of Arteta doing this disciplinary like action that he took? It's hard to say. Obviously, I mean, if the scoreline was reversed, obviously, no, I wouldn't be as happy. <laughs> but I, I think that, I mean, Arteta, I, I like Arteta because he, this is like a bold, this is a, a, a muscular st- stance to take as a manager, which Arsenal has lacked for a long time. Um, Arsenal Wenger famously kind of like, he was very loose with the players. It was to the benefit, like to the team, like it had like that kind of like free flowing nature and he drilled tactically, but um, and he drilled also like there's the, he had like certain restrictions such as like dietary restrictions and, but he wasn't big into disciplinary action. Um, and then the managers after Arsene Wenger have been largely forgettable and have lost the control of the locker room uh, Emery. Um, but Arteta seems to have command respect in the locker room. And even when there's like, when the Arsenal has been going through periods of difficulty, like earlier in this season and everyone was like, there's like rumors and, murmurings and clamorings on social media for like Arteta out he right he just fought through it and righted the ship and that's like I I appreciate that in the manager and I'm actually pretty pleased so I would hope that I would feel similarly that if the result had not gone Arsenal's way and Aubameyang had with the same you know Aubameyang being disciplined and not starting the game I would hope that I would still at least appreciate the fact that Arteta took put his foot down and is trying to set an example for like the the culture that he wants at Arsenal, uh, regardless of the result. But it's hard to say. Yeah, who knows? And I'm yeah, I understand what you're saying. I I, I personally think if Arsenal had lost that game and I was the final Arsenal, I'll be I'll be mad. I think the, the point of view I'm trying to take and, and where I'm trying to take is at the end of the day, he is probably your Maybe, again, maybe not so much this year. I actually don't know how many goals. Like, who, who's the highest score scorer on the team? I don't think it's Aubameyang because I don't think he's done well. In this the Premier League? It's actually, that's a good question. I'm, I'm actually not sure. So, but, but my point is, my point is, to me, in my opinion, I think at the end of the day, you're just trying to get a win, and it's you're trying to appease millions of fans. And I think, yes, Aubameyang did wrong by going late, maybe once or twice or many times. We need to figure out another way to punish him than to keep him on the bench and basically humiliate humiliate him. But again, not trying to condone his actions. I think there are other ways to discipline him than to say, you know, uh, you're not going to play. Um, and that that's why I'm at. And, and honestly, if this was like a Milan player, it was like, you know, this was a Milan game where they benched our best player and then we lost the game, I would be really pissed. Um, so just 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 my opinion, but I understand this the reason why I did it. But he right. also I just needs to chill in terms of like okay yes you're trying to make a point here, but at the end of the day if you don't get the results you're gonna get sacked and you, you know like Ozil was was alienated as as soon as you start alienating players or and your best players you may start having troubles and and I don't know what the impact Aubameyang has on the team but that. You know, if Aubameyang suddenly falls out with uh, with Arteta, that could affect the dressing room. You could lose the dressing room. And- sure, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about any of that. Aubameyang looked like he's wearing a you know he's wearing a face mask during COVID, obviously. So <laughs> I don't want to read too much into his body language. He looked pretty miffed at the start of the game, but he was happy at the end. He like you know he sent out Instagrams afterwards saying like you know like North London is red. All the like the normal stuff, like Arteta downplayed it after he said, yeah, it was a disciplinary issue. 
but he's available for selection on Thursday and we'll deal with it internally. And that's it. Like, please don't ask any more questions basically. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, the rest of it is just like drama that I'm like not really concerned about. And also to answer your question about like who the highest scorer, who's the leading scorer for Arsenal in the EPL this season, entering this game at Lacazette and Alabama Yang, we're actually tied at nine. And I'm going to go one step further. And this is like, going to really go out on a limb here. But when I saw that Aubameyang was not, was not selected on the team sheet, I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked before I knew the reasoning behind it. I was actually like, would not have been surprised if it was for tactical slash resting reasons because of the nature of the players. Like Lacazette is very, very good at holding a play at, um, advancing the ball, receiving the ball in an advanced position and holding it and feeding it to another player, what the faster players streaking off the wings. And Aubameyang, obviously, he's a poacher. He he likes to get behind the lines. He likes to, like, you know, one-two touch and shoot. Um, and with the way that Spurs set up, as we know, and as we actually saw they, them set up, they play very uh, low block, typically, and they they really set in defensively. That's That's always been... Mourinho style, and we're gonna to have to talk about that. But I actually thought that, like, from a tactical standpoint, it made a lot of sense to me actually to start Lacazette and then have Aubameyang in reserve off the bench. Um, but I've and you know, maybe call me a tactical genius, but it actually worked out. I'm on the same page as Arteta, I guess. I suppose is what I'm saying. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, I think yeah, we, def- we should definitely talk about the 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 way t- uh, Mourinho decided to set up his team against this. Uh, against Arsenal, but let's let's move on to to a very amazing part of this game, which the Lamella goal. I mean, um, I think oh, this yeah. was this probably took a lot of the spotlights too. Uh, initially, when I saw the goal, I didn't even see that he did the Rabona. I, I was just like, oh, that's a cool goal. Like he just shot it, and then I saw the replay. Even after like you know how they do replays over and over again, I still didn't. For some reason, I still didn't see it. And then I saw when they did the replay, like. After, after, like, like a few minutes, like minutes after, and I was like, wait, is that Rabona? I was like, oh my god, this is a crazy goal. Um, I mean, how good was that? Goal? I mean, even yeah, if, uh, Leno didn't stand a chance, huh? No, absolutely not. I mean, like, we're gonna talk talk about Mourinho, right? And this this first half, the first thirty minutes of the game, really reaffirmed um, how much of a tactical genius he is. Uh, his goat status as a manager, as uh, you know, he played Son out on the wing and had Arsenal like, you know, ready to deal with Son. And then in a masterclass tactical decision, Son like gets injured and comes off and he brings on Lamella and then he has Lamella come and score uh, Rabona uh, nutmeg, just like completely according to plan. So uh, another masterclass by Mourinho, tactically speaking. I have a question for Manny because, uh, you know, I got to ask him which goal was better, but the goal that Giroud, my boy Giroud, the goal he scored against, I think it was Atlético Madrid, on the first leg, the the uh, you know the backflip, bicycle, uh, yeah, yeah, the bicycle. I mean, which one was better? Um, honestly, I think I think uh, Lamella's Rabona is. I'd give it to Lamella, and the reason why I say that is because there was nobody behind Giroud. When he when he pulled off the bicycle kick, right, and that was a striker's instinct. And whereas like Lamella's Lamella's goal, um, I I think it was like a miss touch pass first, uh, like a like a first touch pass from uh, Lucas, 
Mora, I think, that set him up. And just the audacity, to have the audacity to pull it off, to just even try it, attempt it, right? We all know he's, like, super left-footed. Like, he has no right foot at all. But the fact that he did that with, I think it was, like, Partey, who he megged in front of him, and then he had, like, W. Louise behind him, and then Leno just to do it. He didn't just... It, it, when you watch it again, it's he didn't do it just to do it. Like he knew where it, he wanted to put it. Like you see, if he's lining up the shot to go for like the far post, yeah. um, you know, from Leno. So, and he, this guy does it. I, I think they said that um, this is a second Ravona goal he scored for Spurs actually in his career, right? Um, which is pretty crazy because if you think about it, like what are the odds that you would even score ever as a pro? at a pro level one, let alone two, you know, so. That's so, I, just, I just wish he would have kept his composure for the, you know, for the entire 90 minutes, but yeah. I think we're about to dive into that too. Yeah. Uh, just so my, my camera's not on. So I guess you two didn't pick up on it when I was talking about like the Mourinho masterclass. I'm being completely sarcastic. This is obviously like, a t- <laughs> he, this is a substitute <laughs> who came on. He wasn't even supposed to be on the field. And this is just like, like you said, he can't shoot with his right foot. This is a totally lucky goal. It was a beautiful goal. It, it was an amazing goal. And it was executed. It was executed beautifully. But like, it's like, <laughs> it was totally against the run of play. It was, it was absolutely like a freak goal. It was a very Arsenal-like goal good, to give up. It was a good thought. Think about it. Sure. Think about it. He he tried. No, no, it's great. It's it, so this goal is a beautiful goal. It's going to be replayed for years and years and years. I hope people remember the context of what happened afterwards. But it was a wonderful goal in like as an episode. That you didn't qualify for Europa League and, and Champions League? Like, I mean, what... What happens is Arsenal eliminates Milan from the Europa League and <laughs> and then beats Spurs again. Play, then you can't, so keep that in mind. But no, real quick, let, let's actually keep keep it on, on the La Milla topic. Sure. Um, I've seen this happen many times where a player gets red card, uh, sorry, a yellow card, maybe in the first half. I mean, we even saw in the against uh, uh, Porto, uh, a player, you know, and then a player does something small, I would say, or, or maybe not yellow card worthy, you know, if, if this was their first yellow card, and then suddenly it's a yellow card. I I don't get the appeal. Like, I mean, I don't think there's a written rule anywhere that says, like, after yellow card, the next offense that you create has to be, like, that's going to be a yellow card, or maybe you have to create, like, do, have, like, three more chances before you get a yellow card. I don't think there's, like, a written rule. But why is it that in the first yellow card that you get, you get like three chances to, to not do anything crazy, you know, to do something crazy before you get that yellow card. But then when we get the second yellow card, which, you know, leads to a red card, then suddenly that's, you know, that, that leads to a, you know, it's not like Lamelo was stopping a, a goal scoring opportunity. It was just a stupid foul. I get, I get. It's a stupid it was, foul. It was tactical. Was it tactical though? <laughs> well, here's, here's that was my petulant. Well, I mean, but here's my take on the on the Lamella second. So, the first one, I agree, he had been like you said, you know, Bori, he had fouled maybe like a few times before, right? So, okay, so you finally commit enough fouls to where the ref gives you a yellow card. Okay, leading up to Lamella second, there was a foul actually like right before that foul by Harry Kane, which was a worse foul. And Lamella's oh, foul. We're going we to we're gonna talk about this. And he didn't even get carded. Nothing happened to him. And my whole thing is if it's like someone else other than Harry Kane, then 
why didn't the ref apply, you know, the yellow card then, right? You know what I mean? Like, in, in the sequence leading up to that Lamella red card, the ref could have stopped it, right? Like, he gives a caution to Kane. All right, all of a sudden, everyone's like, all right, we got to calm it down, whatever. Maybe it changes Lamella's mentality as far as, like, how he's going to go into a, a challenge or, you know, how he's going to be playing, right? He's going to play, play more cautiously. Um, I, I just, I see it time and time again, and not just with Harry Kane, but I see it with most notably uh, the English players like Harry Maguire of Manchester United, uh, like uh, Jamie Vardy of Leicester City, uh, you know, just all these quote-unquote big names, right? And how there's almost like a double standard when they do something. And then you have other players that um, would do the same offense, commit the same offense, and refs don't have a second thought as far as like cautioning them, you know? Um, why is that? Um, do you know, like one of the things that, that you mentioned, Bori, also is like Lamella is quote-unquote known for being like a hothead or having erratic play. Like it's not uncommon for him to get a... Uh, yellow cards, right, left and right. Um, but you can't really say that about some of these other players. And I don't know if it's uh, like a unconscious kind of like bias by a ref as well when they see certain players are like, all right, I got to watch out for this specific player just because they have a quote-unquote history. Well, yeah, I mean, we know that for a fact. A much less serious offense, but one that was driving me insane at the beginning of the season is like, like players like every player gets a reputation and referees look out for for that player like as means as an example Hector Bayerin had like an illegal throw in you know he did he he did a twist of his body around or like didn't go two hands directly over his head and then he got a called on him like three four times after that because all the referees were watching out for him to make like a foul throw and like honestly like if you watch the throw-ins in the Premier League like you'll see a foul throw every single game but only uh, Hector was being called for it. So like, and then there's also like disciplinary reasons, like with Lamella. And then there is the golden boy, Harry Kane, who could uh, snap someone's knee probably and like get away with, get away with it, shoot someone in fifth Avenue, you could say, but like, he's just like, cannot do any wrong in the, in the eyes of the referees, unfortunately, uh, which boils my blood to no end. Cause if you saw the re replay, of the foul that you're talking about, Manny, where he just shoulder barges uh, Gabrielle. It's like it's ridiculous that there was like nothing, no, no yep. callback, yeah. no, no disciplinary, nothing. And he's doing that yeah. all game and multiple games. Most games he does at least one, off one offense like that. And he has his famous, obviously tabletop move where he'll back into a player um, who's going up for a header, he like not, not even make time. Yeah, it never gets called, and it doesn't. He doesn't even attempt to play the ball, and he just gets away with it every single time. So I have a lot of thoughts about him, and I'm going to save the rest of them for yellow card, red card. Yeah, I, and uh, let's not forget uh, Ronaldo had a an incident this weekend that didn't that should I think should have been a, a red card. Um, the keeper basically he he launches with the keeper to try to score, and he basically kicked the keeper in the face, with him. Yeah, in I mean we've seen that given against. AC Milan this season uh, uh, with uh, Tonali getting a red card for just kicking somebody on, on the knee. So, um, but you, you're right. I kind of I, I do agree with you in that decision. Um, uh, but let's uh, uh, so let's talk about. I guess we've talked about um, uh, Kane not getting that yellow card. Well, for, just uh, just to get us all on the record. Like, so do you agree with the the red card that Lamella got then? Well, so so 
it's hard for me to say I, I don't agree with it because yes, it is a, another yellow card. My question is though, why is the yellow card coming in like? Why isn't there like a grace period for a second yellow card? The I, whole point of the yellow card is the warning. It's your last warning. Like, watch yourself. That's the whole point of the yellow card. And also, I'm sorry, but I, I just like really cannot let this go. And, I, and I'm biased, obviously, but Lamelo is making dangerous tackles and he's a wind-up man, right? He, he earns his reputation to a certain extent. So he was, he was pushing the envelope a few times throughout the game ever since he came on for Son. So like, I, I mean, like, can you explain why he like threw his arm up at head height when the player is like the player's not bodying him yet? The player is more than an arm's reach away and he puts it up and put his hand in like Tierney's face. So I just that's a yellow card offense, and he was already on a yellow so, and he had been pushing the envelope like I said all game long. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I disagree with the with the second yellow only because of Harry Kane's malicious foul. Um. You know, if if that had been uh, cautioned, then it would have been fine because I would have said, okay, at least the ref is being consistent as far as the fouls are he's calling. But the ref, I think, in this game as well, and it's kind of interesting that we haven't like mentioned him specifically, had an atrocious game, I think, um, by um, all standards as far as like what uh, a ref should be. I, I think that he started to lose. Uh, uh, the game very quickly. We know that derbies are one of those game, uh, you know, games that are usually more physical, more intense, right? Just because of the history and the rivalry um, behind it. But um, I think he he very early on he just kind of started letting things slide left and right, um, and you know it got to the point where he started making bad calls, um, especially towards the end. Um, you know when. The PK. I don't know if we're gonna go into that. You know, Bori. I know you have oh, something to man. say about that. But you know, like even after man, talk about Lamella was... as a wind-up man, you 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 two are gonna really wind me up in this episode. <laughs> but even <laughs> after, but even after, you know, after Arsenal was winning and stuff, um, and the although the foul, everything was like a foul for the Spurs team, like. Harry Kane would get like bumped. Like I'm talking about just like the tap, fall, foul. Um, you know, uh, Lucas Mora, tap, foul. Like everything was like a foul. And then all of a sudden you're just like, wait a minute. Before you were literally like letting them go at each other. Uh, you were letting them, you know, pretty much elbow each other in the face and whatever. And you didn't do anything. And now everything's a foul. Like it, it, it wasn't the same. It wasn't called, it wasn't called consistently across the game. So. I do agree with that point, I guess. Um, I think after, yeah, after Lamella got his red card, then he really started cracking down, it seemed like. Um, on, on both sides, maybe, but I, again, I'm biased. So maybe I have my, my gunner goggles on, but it definitely seemed like uh, Spurs were just getting like free kick after free kick in yep. dangerous positions. Some of them were deserved, though. I, you know, I, I'm, I can well, admit that. That's true. And then I think also part of that is, um, you know, when William came on, Arsenal were playing with 10 men anyways. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there could be something to that as well, because as soon as William came on, uh, Spurs just, they played better uh, with 10 men than they did with 11. Think about it. 
yeah went on so yeah okay i know that we have to talk about the penalty i i don't understand why we have to talk about the penalty because it seems clear cut to me but i i do we also need to talk about like like what you just said manny like when spurs were playing with 10 men it seemed like they they were much more of a threat and part of that is because arsenal are just uh real like they're like it's artisanal how like how they can come up with these creative ways to like botch games <laughs> to shoot themselves in the feet sometimes. But um, also like, where was that intensity that from Spurs, like the entire game preceding that moment, uh, th- those last like 15, 20 minutes, but let's ha- tackle these things in order. Like, okay, boy, do you want to talk about the penalty? Can we spend like well, more than two minutes talking about this, please? Cause I'm going to, yeah, my, bu- my blood is going to boil over. If you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Let me, let me boil your blood for a second because I mean I'm not going to boil your blood. I'm going I'm going to make your blood mellow and, and make you understand my point of view. Uh-huh. I understand that there is contact, right? Um, and yeah, we've seen especially against uh, was it PSG Barcelona where the you know the balls didn't even was nowhere and, and there was still a penalty. I understand that they call that as penalties, but this is a little different for me. Um, first of all, because first of all, number one, Lacazette tries to kick the ball. He slightly touches it, right? So he's trying to swing it, where he's swinging it towards the goal, but then he botched it, basically. And his leg was following through to Sanchez, who obviously has to be there. And it's a contact sport. Doesn't Contact sport doesn't mean that you cannot go close to the player or you can't use your shoulder to cut. I understand Sanchez was going in for, for the ball, trying to block it, you know. I, the way I see it, like I said, a swing of his leg hit Sanchez. And sure, you could maybe say slightly that Sanchez was also leaning towards that side, but the ball had gone. There was nothing. You know it was a momentum thing. And obviously, like I said, failed that way because obviously, yes, he touched him. It probably hurt. And he made a meal out of it. To me, that is no way a penalty because of that reason. If if maybe, um, let's say, Lacazette kicked the ball um it's just not a penalty for me I, I don't even know i'm trying to figure out a way that i think will be a clear penalty i think it's just momentum that that pushed him all his leg all the way over to like i said uh, to to sanchez that's the way i see it and that's why I, personally i don't think it's a penalty but hey i expect nothing less from an english game or from uh, from michael oliver for example i expect nothing less no i mean come on like Watch the replay again, I, I beg you, because Sanchez. Okay, but listen, Sanchez. Sanchez is off his feet. He's flying in out of control. Like so, like if so, let's say Lacazette. Like same thing happens. Lacazette misses the kick, or any player, any player in the opponent's box goes to take a shot, or like you know, miss hits it, and like the ball doesn't even go anywhere near the goal. After the player makes the shot, then is the defense like, can they like put him in a headlock, or can they like? come in and like scissor like their legs and like take them down in a very brutal way like was it like all hands off once the shot is in then like okay it, like then the normal rules like don't apply anymore no, sanchez's no, no. tackle was like out of control and he it's he hits not- lacazette's leg first but then he follows through and hits the rest of his body also and for did he hit did he touch the ball did he get any contact with the ball at all he tried to block it but lacazette kicked him that's the way I see it. Yes. So if that if that same play had taken place at midfield and yeah. Lacazette had kicked the ball and then Sanchez came flying in and hit his leg first and then the rest of his body, that's not a foul. Dude, he has to fly. Well, okay. That's not a foul. That's what I'm asking let, you. Let, let, me, let me say something actually real quick. You're making it seem like Sanchez 
flew in perpendicular to him. Like, like maybe his feet was like kicking his leg. It's side to side, dude. If you look at it, it's side to side. Sanchez was just trying to block the shot because obviously he knew that. Like I said, sure, I, I have no idea. I have no no doubt Sanchez had the purest of intentions, but that's not really how sure. the rules work in this game or any other sport that I can think of. So if that's the case, then when I'm blocking the shot, you know, as a defender, if if the player, if you're telling me that if the player that is shooting the ball and I, you know, if, if somehow they, they try to shoot the ball, they kick it, it goes over my leg, but then their leg contacts my leg, then that's a that's a penalty. Is that why I'm here? Because I can try to block the ball and you you whiff a ball and then you hit my leg because that's the way I saw it. He whiffed, he hit my leg, penalty. That's that's all I saw in this game. And that's why I think it's not a penalty. Because, again, the fact that Sanchez doesn't go perpendicularly to his leg, the, their legs are parallel and freaking... Like I said, leg just bounces off his leg no, because no, no. obviously he has to go block the ball. No, no. Sanchez is no. Yep. Sanchez is coming from behind him and like oh. lunges, f- f- just throws himself in front. It's like a last ditch defensive effort. It's not like he was like oh, looking no. to like take oh. Lacazette out, but he hits his leg first and then he follows through and like hits like no. like his midsection also. Like it's just a totally out and it doesn't even make a difference, Bori. It is a foul. Like by any definition of the word, like you can't just like come in out of control, leave your feet and then hit another player's leg. It doesn't make a difference if they're following through or not. If okay. like I said, if the same play happened like in the mid in the middle of the park, like you would it would be a foul every time. I, I absolutely don't think it would have been called a, a foul. Um so I'm gonna ask you this question. I and I know you've been a ref before. If if Lacazette has shot that ball cleanly, let's say shot it towards goal, maybe Leno, uh, sorry, uh, maybe Lloris blocks the ball, but then he the follow through, basically Sanchez's leg being right there, which I don't know what you want him to do with his leg. Should should he just like angle in such a way that he not not collide it with Lacazette's? That's for sure. What do you mean? He swung. See, Lacazette swung to the the both swinging their legs. So why is it why is the benefit of that given to to Lacazette? I, I don't get that. They're both swinging their legs. And, and because one of the, one player hit the ball and one player didn't. One player no, only just, hit Lacazette's leg. I just so, want to say okay, as okay. a neutral. Well, hold on. So, yeah, Manny, go ahead. I was going to say, I just want to say as a neutral who wishes that both teams could have lost that game if it was possible, you know, and there was no winner. Um, I, I, I agree with both of you in the sense that depending on the angle, I think that's what made the difference, depending on the angle. Um, Bori, uh, there were like multiple angles of that play. And I agree with you as far as it looks like from behind, which is where the ref was standing, right? He was standing behind the play. Uh, he saw Sanchez coming in quickly and I, you know, and it was perpendicular to him. I agree with you, with you as far as like where he was, um, and, probably just saw like a shanked shot right not knowing it's actually Lacazette real time it's happening very quickly real time um that he shanked it and it looked like a foul that he took him out now when you see it on the reverse angle you actually see that Lacazette gets the ball but he 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 makes like minimal contact right like the ball goes far left um Sanchez is already he's already hit the the ball right like it's going nowhere near goal and I think Bori makes a very good point as far as like if that ball goes anywhere near goal, right? Whether it's a save or whatever or a corner or whatever, I don't think it's given as a as a as a PK. But because mm. like you know, you you have to give the 
quote unquote benefit of the doubt there. Um, you know, I think Lacazette got the benefit of the doubt there because I think like seeing it on the reverse angle, he, he completely shanks that shot, man. And well, yeah. I agree with Bori as far as like he's going so quickly that he's trying to wrap his foot around it. He doesn't make contact. And obviously Sanchez is coming in just as quickly, you know, um, it, it, to me, it wasn't. But I could see why it was given as far as like where the ref was positioned on the field when the when the when the play happened. So that that's that's what I'm. Well, guess what? The VAR all, all this is null and void because VAR reviewed the play and said that it was a penalty and VAR is infallible. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta say when I when I woke up this morning, I didn't think I'll be spending over 30 minutes talking about Arsenal. Um, but this is the state of things, and this is the way the world is going. It's such a, a messed up world, uh, especially this year. It's, uh, it's daylight savings. We're all like a little delirious. No, I, I like I, I like the talk and the chat, um, but but I'm 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 glad we're agreeing to disagree. Uh, but let's move on um, and talk about Mourinho's tactics. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say like I know the way they're playing uh, uh, this season because I'm not watching too much as I would I would have loved to. Um, but the one thing I would say is I saw Tottenham play in the Europa League, and yes, I know you're going to say Europa League is different, but this is in no way the same team that played. You can't convince me if 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 you know if I didn't see the names or their their faces, you can't convince me that this is the same team that played in the Europa League. Um, you know, basically, if it's, uh, it's not the same team uh, to me, right? And and here's why I I say it's not the same team. I just saw defensive play from, from Moreno, and I don't understand. I mean, yes, I mean, shocker, right? Moreno plays defensively. That's not a shocker. But I see the way they played in the Europa League, and they were all out attack. And I'm just understand. I'm not understanding why they're not playing the same way against Arsenal, because I think, in my opinion, first of all, Arsenal is not better than all the teams playing in the Europa League. Because they, they actually, Arsenal, I, I would say Arsenal are... are directly on par with the same teams that play Europa League. So I don't want the nonsense of, like, it's Europa League. No, it's not. It's the same team. It's like playing a, a mid-table mid team. Um, but my the other thing was, if Mourinho had played the same way he played in the Europa League, I'm pretty sure they would have beaten Arsenal. Um, but I'm not sure w- what happened. I, I mean, can we can, can somebody else talk about the the, the tactics that, that and, and why, for, for, for the life of me, they were playing more defensively than than they should have. Yeah, I'm going to go first. I'll tell you what happened. Son got hurt. There's your answer. Son got injured. And if you look at the goal contributions when Son's on the field and in the, you know, when Spurs play, whether it's a league or any other cup, uh, I think there's like some stat out there that like when he's on the field, they have something like a, like a 60 to 70 percent chance of winning the game or they win all the games or something like that with him on the field um once he got hurt uh there was i i I don't think there was um one because it wasn't expected right we saw that it was it looked like it was a hamstring that he pulled some type of muscular injury yeah um so it's particularly worrying that uh I don't think, I mean, Lamella's going to be out in the league now as well with the red card a few games. But there's nobody else on that team. I mean, Della is not up to speed. There's nobody else that can fill in that that that, that gap that Sun leaves behind. Um, and 
I think to Mourinho's point, there was nothing else that he could do because he was set up. I don't think he was personally, I don't think he was set up as defensively as we think. The fact that he rolled out Kane, Son, and Bale, you know, um, with Ndombele, with Lucas Mora as well, I, I don't think that was particularly anything that was surprising. Um, I think it was, in my opinion, it was his best 11. Um, you know, so, um, but again, once Son went down, that, that was it. Like, you, you saw that there was no, no other outlet uh, Arsenal credit to to Arteta and Arsenal for keeping uh, Bale pretty much like out of the game after that. Like I I don't think he did much as far as like touch no. a ball or anything at all. Yeah, um, I don't know how which, much credit. As much as I'd love to give a lot of credit to Arsenal for taking Bale out of the game, I think Bale was out of the game himself before he even took the field. <laughs> Bale was it was not in this his head was not in this game and there's a reason why he came off earlier but let, let's get to that i guess uh man i didn't mean to interrupt no no no, no. That, that that's a good point um what i'm getting at is like all the players like okay other than harry kane who was you know setting up as like a target man a number nine and then had to drop back into a like a deeper role like a 10 there was nobody else on that team that can make anything happen. Like well, there was Lucas, else that was going on. I'll be honest. I, Lucas was the only player who was doing anything for Spurs. I felt offensively up until the last, again, like 15 minutes where then they turned into like a totally, they morphed into Europa league Spurs as Bory would, would say, I think. Um, but I, I'll also be like, they, so like you're right, Manny, that he, he being Mourinho, his team selection, you know, was enough to make any, any fan of an opponent like Arsenal or any other team nervous, you know, when you see that lineup on paper, but that's not how they were playing. Even before Stone, Stone came out in like the 19th minute, I think up until that point, Arsenal had been pretty much dominating the game anyways. Like it's, it was like very bizarre, like, eh, like that they were just setting up with a seemingly attack minded lineup with Bale, Son, Kane, uh, with Lucas behind them. And then they kind of just, sat back and Kane was not even the get in the game at all until the last, like we said again, 15 minutes. It's very bizarre to me. So I'm going to play, I'm going to play devil's advocate because obviously you, you guys know uh, Mourinho has been at Chelsea two times already. So I've seen Mourinho this game. I think that what he was going for is just uh, a counter attack with speed that he had with the ability that he had on the wings with Son and Bale and Harry Kane and Lucas Mora. I think that 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 was probably or possibly part of the game plan as far as like letting Arsenal kind of dictate the game of play and, you know, moving their lines up because we saw them try to catch Arsenal, uh, you know, off guard a few times. In fact, the play that Son injures himself on there was a pretty high line right. and he almost managed to get in behind. Um, I think it was either David Luiz or uh, right. Gabriel. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, you know, now the interesting thing is let's say that son doesn't get hurt on that play. He doesn't pull a muscle. He gets to that ball. He scores. Then that's all Mourinho needed. You know, Mourinho just needs one goal. Like he's not going to go out and score a, a boatload of goals all he needs is one <laughs> they got then, one they they but that i i do agree with you manny i do agree with you in theory but like they did get one labella the substitute for stone came in and got the goal 
And then Arsenal just continued to dominate the game and got got one back and then continued domination in the second half. He takes Bale out because Bale is just like leaving Doherty totally exposed. I think that's another thing is like for a very defensive team, like Doherty and uh, Regulon, both the fullbacks, but especially Doherty, obviously, were getting like just like murked again and again and again. Arsenal wingers and full, supported by their fullbacks were just like torturing them like the entire game. And so, like, thanks, you know, thankfully they have two half decent uh, center backs to like get, provide cover. But um, Arsenal was like in control of the game, like it seemingly all the way up until the last, uh, the last stage, the last phases of play. So I, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't understand what Mourinho is doing sometimes. And I, I know I have pretty strong opinions about his quality of, of as a manager in 2021, but um. I, I guess it makes sense, Manny, what you're saying. Like, I, I guess that is what he was going for, but it it didn't. It obviously didn't work he, out. He didn't execute, right? Yeah. Let, let's move this along. We we spent so much time on the North London Derby again this yeah. morning. I didn't think. I what's, um, yeah. What's the worry? But, what's the problem with that? But <laughs> I, I would just like to say one final thing. I don't know what happened to Carlos Vinicius. I think this is a game he could have probably done something, but I don't know why he keeps getting frozen out of the of the EPL. But anyways, let's 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 move on to other parts of of EPL. Uh, Manny, do you want to say anything real quick about Chelsea? I'm going to give you, I'm going to time box you to a minute. Uh, the Chelsea draw against Leeds. Uh, can you just give us a recap of that and how that this could potentially affect the upcoming game? <clears throat> yeah. So um, disappointing. I'll I'll say this. Uh, I'll talk about it a little more in my yellow card segment later on. Um, but all you guys really need to know about this is uh, that Tuchel tinkered. Finally, I'm going to use the word tinkered with the lineup and made six subs um, that ultimately didn't end up paying off. Um, the good news is that even though we drew Leeds, who, you know, is a, quite an erratic team in the league, you know, they're either up or down. Um, that's it, right? Um, we still remain in fourth place because everyone else who needed to drop points around us ended up doing so. So somehow, even though we couldn't win, um, we ended up losing that much because we remained in the same spot. Um, we advanced one point closer uh, to you know the top uh, to Leicester, Manchester United, right? Um, and that was it. Like there was nothing else. It was not exciting at all. Um, it was quite the contrary. Um, I was actually surprised that in a game with Chelsea and Leeds, Chelsea who have the potential to score a lot and Leeds who has the potential to either score a lot or give up a lot of goals, it was nil-nil. So it was disappointing from that standpoint. Yep. Uh, all makes sense. Um, but uh, so so I guess we'll talk about this in the Champions League. Uh, but but before we move on to the Champions League, uh, uh, is there anything we want to say about the EPL, or are we are we gonna just let United? We're we not gonna praise United for beating West Ham, or, or no? Oh, there, we're just not. There's anything. nothing to praise him. It was an own goal. Okay, so our United, you know, listeners. Okay, all right, that's fine. United, I, I was trying to talk about you, but maybe we'll see you on Thursday. How about that? <laughs> Um, There's a lot of a lot of stinkers of games this weekend. It's not not a great weekend for 
EPL in terms of uh, excitement for the neutrals, aside yeah. from the NLD. Well, except except oh. for uh, that that Burnley uh, the Burnley win over Everton, because nobody not a lot of people saw that happen. Right, right. That's true. That's true. That that is true. Um, I I'm sad to see Ancelotti. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. Let's let's move into Champions League because of time. Um, I, I think the way we're going to do this because of time, we're just going to just say who's going to go through. Um, I'm going to start with Chelsea and Atletico. Um, and Tuchel is doing very well. Um, so I'm just going to point that out. But uh, I'm going to start with uh, you, Justin. I'm going to give mine the last say. My, uh, Justin, I know you originally had, I think I think you had Chelsea go through uh, in this fixture, right? Is that is that correct? I think you had Chelsea. I did. Yep. Yeah. My prediction yeah. was for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, with them or, or are you you gonna no no I, i'm gonna stick with my picks we're not oh. gonna do yeah yeah if we're gonna score this correctly it's got to be scored off of our initial predictions before well, the first leg well, i'll make that clear but you could change your mind because you realize sure. maybe got four goals i mean obviously that's not the case but you could like what if atletico has got four goals would you stick with it still and say hey you know I mean, what I'm saying, based on the reality, based on what we know right now, you know, Atletico drawing this last weekend against Hetafe, for example, um, are we still thinking that Chelsea can still go through, is, is my question, I guess. Yes, yeah. I think Chelsea is going to advance. Uh, my scoreline for the second leg is going to be 1-1. I think that uh, Chelsea will, might, will score first, and then Atletico will get one back and be pushing, but they, they won't be able to break down. Um, even though Manny's critical of Tuchel, like, you know, he has allowed only two goals in his 12 matches in charge. So he's really, really like brought, uh, some adamantium here to their defense and Atletico has looked pretty anemic offensively as of late, in my opinion. So, um, I I don't think they're going to be able to get the away goals to, to swing this fixture their way. Point. Um, I would, uh, do, I will still stick to my original prediction, um, I think uh, Atletico will actually do it this time. I think defensively they they will get their you know SHIT together, and then uh, I think I think the hard thing for me to say is them scoring. But I think uh, lately they've been I mean yes they they drew, but lately they've they've kind of gotten the groove back a little bit. So I think I think they can do it. And, and it maybe just be like a one zero thing, and then they go to extra time or something like that. That's that's my thought. That's that's the way I see it. Um, and many, I, I mean, if you don't say Chelsea, then I will be surprised, and I will probably just end the podcast today if, if you don't say Chelsea. So I'm guessing you're going with Chelsea still. I mean, I know it's daylight savings and all, and it makes people do and say weird things, but there's no way I'm not I'm not going with Chelsea. Um, I'm, I think I'm gonna go with two one here. I think they finally find a way to pull one back. To Justin's point, uh, Chelsea's only let two goals in since Tuchel took over, and one of them was actually. By Rudiger, so technically it's one goal that they've only let in. Um, so I think we find a way uh, to pull it through, two-one, and I'm gonna say uh, Giroud ends up getting a brace. Oh, okay. To add, wow. to, add to to add to his tally, right? Because he's right now uh, second joint uh, uh, goal scorer, highest goal scorer, obviously after Holland and Mbappe. Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, I'm lying because I forgot Mbappe just tore up Barcelona. So Giroud's probably <laughs> like third or fourth on that list. But the point is, I think he's going to keep adding to his uh, goal tally. Okay. 
Sounds good. I don't even know why I'm going to ask this question, but Bayern and, and Lazio, I think we all chose Bayern, and they're going to go through it. I'm not going to even ask. I'm going to switch. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> if Bayern even played the second string, they would still win this game. So um, let's move on to a, a more important game. Um, Hazard is out of the Real Madrid game. Uh, I, I really don't know what's going on there. I would love to have <laughs> the uh, JR back <laughs> to just hear him just lament about this whole thing. Uh, but let's talk about the game. Uh, Real Madrid, remember, are um, uh, 1-0 up this time. Um, and uh, I think, you know, they have, uh, you know, I saw Benzema score over the weekend and they have uh, Sergio Ramos back. Um, I, I'm going to start with you. Um, Manny, do you think uh, Atlanta can, can pull an upset here or it's it's over for them? So I know that Justin said that we're not allowed to switch our picks, but there well, would be no, on the official no, scoreboard, on the official we're scoreboard, not, but we're not allowed to. But given uh, circumstances right now, do you still give it to them, or do you do you say, oh, I was wrong, or I think Atlanta will go, or you know that kind of thing? Um, the, the, this this game's in uh, Italy, right? No, I, like this in, is in no, this is in Spain. Yeah, oh, it's in Spain. Okay, and right now it's one one zero. It's 1-0, right? Yeah. It's 1-0 to Real Madrid. I think uh, I'm so I'm gonna go Very with, controversial. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna go with 2-1 Atalanta, um, because they don't have as as important as Sergio Ramos is in uh in the back there. Uh, Veron has done a a pretty decent job in his absence. Um, I think where this game will be won and lost is gonna be in the midfield. And Casemiro is actually suspended for this leg. Um, mm. So oh, I think he's going to be uh, a greater miss in that midfield uh, and going to have more of an impact um, not being there than Sergio Ramos is coming back into the the first team because, uh, again, he just got back into the team, so he doesn't have a lot of, uh, uh, of, uh, of game time um, coming back from injury. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going. I'm going to say say the same here. I, I think Atlanta will actually do it. Um, I don't know how. I don't. I can't predict any score. But I'm still sticking to my original. I think Atlanta can do it, and they will surprise them. Um, Justin, are you changing? Are you st- sticking with your? Nope, I'm sticking with my original pick of Madrid. Madrid winning two one. Uh, Atlanta putting up a great a great fight. Uh, hopefully an exciting game. Yeah, but Madrid will still go through. Gosh, I can't wait. If Atlanta win, I cannot wait for the next episode, Justin. I cannot wait. Um, and I'm not going to even try and okay. even say anything about the City Gladbach game. I think Gladbach has lost the plot again. I think yeah. they drew this weekend. I I can't remember, but I remember even before this last weekend, they've lo- they lost five in a row. Uh, I don't see how they're going to come. I think City can even play the second team. And I mean, it's Pep. You know they will. Yeah. So, so yeah. Let, let's not even talk about that. But we already know that Massey is going to go through on that one. Um, yeah. So, I think that's pretty much all we have. Uh, I think there are some notable mentions. Uh, Ronaldo scored a hat-trick, obviously. And uh, I would skim over this quickly. Milan lost against Napoli. And let's move on oh, to the match. Wait, you know, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. What did you just say? What are you talking about? Are you talking about? Are you referring to Leicester? Leicester, Are you referring um, to Gattuso's revenge? My boy, Kelechi Inenacho, 
uh, which by the way is Kelechi Yenacho. That's how you actually say name. Um, mm. uh, he scored a hat trick against Sheffield. But I know we want to go back to the, the Milan Napoli game. Yes, sad game. I don't know what to say. Seven players out. Um, you know, injuries. I don't know why it's all our team. We we have the most injuries this season. I feel like, and you know, maybe Spurs too has the most injuries too. But it seems like everyone is out. Everyone was out in this game, so I don't blame them. Napoli. I think we're lucky to, to win because if we had our, our top players on on this on the sheet, they they wouldn't be winning that. So um, I don't think we're nervous about the the Champions League spot. I think I think we're fine. I think we're we're already having some of our players back this week. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not worried, but I, I do think I think we have lost the the Syria. Hey, so hold I'm, on, hold on, hold on. Let's that. remind our listeners what the table looks like. Don't do how, this. How many how many points ahead is Inter right now? Nine points, and they can still lose it. Just just so you know. Nine, Nine points. And Milan, Milan is in, still in second, but now Juventus is out of European competition. Yeah, uh, my With prediction. With a game in hand. With a game in hand, correct? Yeah. They're playing Napoli. Napoli's probably going to beat them. Uh, Napoli. I mean, like Napoli, you you would consider them to be rivals for your top four hopes as well, wouldn't you? Um, not at the moment, no, because uh, Napoli are up and down this season, and it's got still right. in the realm. So yeah. All right. Yeah. I I'm hoping for the best for you because I I've enjoyed watching Milan this season, so yeah. I'm hoping for the best for you, Bori. I, I think I. I mean, th- thanks for saying that, but I think Zlatan's coming back and, and we'll start scoring again. Um, but let's let's move on to the yellow card. Card. Um, I'm actually excited for this because I want to see what every everybody else are saying about about the the yellow cards and red cards. So, uh, um, uh, Manny, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, I'll start. So I alluded to this earlier on when you asked me about Chelsea and Leeds. Uh, my yellow card this week is for Tuchel, um, and it's for the same reason that I gave Klopp a yellow card. Uh, what was it last week or two weeks ago uh, for tinkering too much and underestimating uh, their opponent uh, in Tuchel in uh, Klopp's case, it was underestimating Fulham who they ended up losing to one Oh uh, he had seven subs that, that game and they ended up losing um, in Chelsea's case. We ended up uh, Tuchel ended up making six subs this, uh, this game Um and I don't know if he underestimated uh, Leeds or not, but seeing as how well Leeds is drilled and how well Bielsa has that team trained, I don't think uh, he should have. This was this wasn't necessarily the right game to start tinkering and moving places, uh, people around, and changing up the system. So that's my first yellow card. And then my red card is actually coming from something that we've talked about as well. Um, just you know, all the rules around offside and this, you know, it came from the game earlier today with Liverpool and Wolves. Um, towards the end of that game, there was actually a play where uh, Salah scored. He was offside, but he ended up scoring. And in the process, uh, one of the Wolves player, obviously trying to get back and defend, prevent Salah from scoring an offside goal, ends up uh, knocking out Rui Patricio unconscious. So he got a head injury in the process. Mm-hmm. Now, my red card is for the fact that everyone saw, you could clearly see that as soon as Salah got that ball, he was offside. Why didn't they just raise the flag up, stop the play, stop everybody from progressing, continue, you know, from running, 
and could have avoided an injury. And I've seen this a lot where I think over and over of plays where players are, you know, most of the time they're sprinting when they're offside, they're like full sprint, right? And they let them continue on with the play. And you're just like, why? Like, what if a player pulls something, gets hurt, whatever the case may be. And today it finally happened. So my red card is for possibly seeing, because it used to be, as soon as a player was offside, the flag would go up. But then recently they just made that change where they're like, oh, we're going to allow the the, the play to continue. And then uh, we'll call it afterwards. Um, Hopefully Rui Patricio is okay. Uh, it looked like a serious injury. He was out. Uh, I think it took him something like 10 minutes for the uh, for the medics to kind of uh, stabilize him, you know, um, uh, making sure that his neck and his head were all right. Um, but again, if you think about it, from the implications of what this uh, injury means for Wolves, Rui Patricio is like a solid piece of their defense, right? Like he's a solid goalkeeper. They already have one player in Jimenez who's been who's out for the season with yeah. the head injury. They didn't need another one. Maybe it's time to revisit that rule. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I, I think there's something we can actually talk about uh, at the end of the season, looking back at all the rules that IFAB made. And I think this you bring a very good point. We should definitely talk about this. Um, I, I have my thoughts as well. Um, it, it, yeah, it, that shouldn't happen. Um, so I agree. Um, Justin, what do you got for us? My yellow card's going to go to the preferential treatment that the golden boy, Harry Kane, gets. Uh, we talked about this, so I'm not going to really re- rehash everything we discussed when we were talking about the North London Derby. But he, Harry Kane, just is able to get away with things that many other players in the EPL would never be able to get away with. And he's going to get someone seriously injured. Uh, eventually, and then hopefully maybe there'll be some ramifications for him at that point, but who knows. And I'm going to tack on to that also. Manny mentioned other players, other English players such as uh, Harry Maguire. Um, So I think there's definitely, it's pretty clear, I think, to anybody, any um, observer. Any player named Harry. Any player named Harry. (laughs) That's the common denominator. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I think there's some unconscious bias, perhaps conscious bias. I don't know. But the way the referees uh, will discipline or not discipline English players, who players who are important to the English national team. And I'm going to tack this on also, like specifically, you know, the white English players. You know, you don't see Sterling. You don't see a player like Saka on Arsenal. You don't see other English players getting the same sort of treatment. So I think there's some kind of bias going on here, and it's uh, frustrating to see week in and week out. My red card is going to go to, I have here in my notes, uh, dread it, run from it. The international break arrives all the same. Uh, We (laughs) talked about the international break. (laughs) Doug, you hate, like, every time I think of people that hate, the international break I during think- COVID. During COVID. Well, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Yes, fair, during a, fair, during a global pandemic. Fair point. Fair point. Don't do international matches. Do, specifically, don't do stupid, meaningless friendlies where you're asking players, yeah, hundreds of players in not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. So at this point next week, let's say 
there's going to be hundreds of players boarding planes, traveling all over the world to go play some meaningless, well, I almost swear so, there, like some I, meaningless friendlies during the middle of a pandemic. I actually think a lot of it will be World Cup qualifiers. I, I do think there are some friendlies, but I think most of it is World Cup qualifiers this time around. Right. I, and I have another thing to say about that, Bori, which is we were, we were after last week's episode, we were looking off air at the UEFA friendlies specifically. And yeah. they're asking these teams who already have packed schedules, they're going to play three games, three mm-hmm. international qualifiers for the World Cup yeah. over the space of like eight days or something like that. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You're just asking for, I really hope we don't see, Manny was just talking about like the rule change for the offside and like how like it was inevitable that it was going to lead to a collision or, or like an injury like we saw in Fortune with Patricio. I think it's only a matter of time and I hope this is not the case and I get proven wrong. But someone's going to get injured in one of these international games, and it's going to affect their career, and it will be a shame. Well, well, you can't say that, though. I mean, when, I mean, yes, I agree from a global pandemic point of view. I think we, they need to figure out a way. But international is – a lot of people want to represent – they want to represent the country. So you can't – I mean, it, it, when it comes from a, like an injury point of view, you can't – I don't think you can say that. I think from a global uh, pandemic, I totally agree. I think – they need to somehow figure that out. Maybe they do it at the end of the season, but then that means no Euros. So it's like... Then they have no Euros, I guess. I know yeah, it sucked, yeah, but like, yeah, you know, like you're asking players, they have a packed schedule, they're dealing with illness, they're dealing with injury, and then you're going to tack on three extra games in the middle of like, on top of the travel, in the middle of like a busy schedule already. So yes, that's it. Forget, that affects a lot of small teams like San Marino and all these other small teams that don't have that many players um, that, right. that play... You know, so so I I agree on that point of view, uh, and it's very tough thing to, to to kind of solve, right? So yeah. um, at the end of the day, the FAs have to make money too, so it's just one of those things. I, I don't know. But but if if South America can do it, the Coma yeah. Bowl can right. pull it off. That's yeah. football. True. Football is a religion down there, and the rivalries are probably one of the fiercest that you'll see anywhere in the world. If okay, they can right. come. If they can come to their senses and say, hey, maybe it's not a good time to yeah. fly players from all over the globe to South America just so they can play for qualifiers, you know, why can't the rest of the uh, organizations do that as well? Yeah, really, so. really good I, point, Manny. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have to shut up after that because but, – but the only thing I would say, I guess, is like I think Euro- Europe is very difficult to stop because of the Euros. I, I think they would not cancel the Euros for that. Um, so it's something they will have to figure out. But again, like you said, very tough. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but I agree. Pandemic should not be the time we, we start flying people over to Africa and, and Europe and all these other continents to play games. So um, let's. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to just say mine. Mine is really it's hard. For me, it's a double red card. I don't know if that's a thing in football. But, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if any of you caught it. Um, I didn't catch a live. I caught it after the game. But uh, PSG played this weekend, and I think they, yeah, I think they actually lost. Um, to Nantes. Basically, yeah, to Nantes. Yeah. Um, so basically, during the game, um, Leonardo had to go down to talk to, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the the, the, the PSG coach's name. Um, Pochettino. But, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm getting old, as you can see. So um, Leonardo, who's the sporting director, had to go talk to him, uh, and then they had to pull Di Maria out of the game. And why would they do that? He's not injured, right? Turns out his his home has been, you know, basically robbed 
with his wife and kid in the freaking home. So it's like, of course he's going to leave the field. Like, that is just ridiculous how that is even happening. Like, why is that even a thing? And why, why aren't we able to protect these players? Or why? I don't know. But they broke the home. Now, to add injury, on, you know, to, to add salt to the injury, Marquinhos, Marquinhos that also went to the same thing the same day. Like, how is it that oh two players play the same day are having hostage situations, uh, especially, especially in the Marquinhos uh, uh, situation? I, I mean, obviously, I don't know what the solution is, but the security in, in Paris needs to, uh, you know, they need to figure out something out. Because yeah. why are they getting the situations? I don't understand what's going on. Um, but that's what happened. And I want to just give red cards to, to the perpetrators, the, the, the yeah. people that are causing these things. And maybe the French authorities need to figure out how to increase or bolster security around the, the whole place. Because that shouldn't be happening, to, especially to high-profile people. And it shows you that the fact that they can do it to high-profile people shows you that there's a very... There's probably a huge gap of security in, in party. So I don't understand what's going on, but that is a, that is a no-no. And, and yeah. I can only imagine something, hopefully nothing bad will ever happen, but you can imagine somebody playing a game and something bad happens, maybe a, a shooting or something, and then what happens at that point, right? So, yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, man. I, mean, uh, it's, uh, I think I'm, Maria I hope... go find a... Sorry. What did you say, Manny? I said, I, I, I think Di Maria has some bad juju or something because i i'm like 99% sure that his house also got burglarized when he was at manchester united as well oh god so i don't know like i don't get it i i I don't know what the guy did maybe he (laughs) hey maybe he stole something in his life as well like (laughs) early yeah something throughout his life and and now it's just karma coming back because um i mean to have it happen to you once okay like you know, as a professional player, you're like, all right, maybe this happened to me. I should take more precaution. But to have it happen two times, right? Like in in two different countries, <laughs> you know? I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin, were you gonna say something or no? I was just gonna say. I mean, I I hope you know, dear Di Maria's wife, and you said his his child as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope they were okay, and, and Marquinhos' family as well. You gotta wonder if like there's some connection between those two acts being perpetrated on the same day but i hope everyone's okay um and then you were asking for like what what a solution would be and it seems obvious to me you got to get you got to get the the dream team the muscle from yeah. north london to get ozil and sayed kolasinic <laughs> they know how to take care of these ruffians they know how to take care of the thugs yeah, bring yeah. in bring in the ex-gunners who famously got jumped but they uh, they handled their own so bring them in to do security at de maria's place yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think they they may have to invest in some kind of security. But it's just crazy to me how high-profile players are, are getting this kind of treatment. Um, and, and again, I don't know. A red card to to everybody in France for doing that. So, um, but I think that's all we have today. Uh, thank you, Manny and Justin for joining. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Android. Uh, we're also on Twitter. So uh, feel free to reach out to us there. Um, but thank you so much everyone and uh, for listening and uh, we, we hope to see you next week and hopefully we, I can prove uh, Justin that he was wrong by choosing Real Madrid over mm. Atalanta Dream so on. goodbye and uh, see you all bye bye